I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome back to Cincinnati where medical personnel have been working on Bill Safety Damar Hamlin for the last nine minutes. Hamlin made a hit. He got up, took a couple of steps, and then just fell to the ground. We don't know, of course, the extent of his injuries, but the entire Bills team is out on the field right now. Several players are down on their knees. Other players are holding hands, praying. You can just see the worried looks uh, on their faces. As soon as we have more, uh, Joe, we'll pass it on up to you guys in the booth. Steelers Nation, this is one of those mornings, one of those moments where um, the game suddenly just recedes into the background. Of course, we're speaking about DeMar Hamlin and uh, what went on last night on Monday Night Football, and uh, Wes is joining me here in the locker room. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Max got caught up in travel uh, from the game he was doing yesterday. So Wes and I are here, and uh, this is one of these situations where it's very, very tough. I was touched by Ryan Clark and the words that he spoke last night and the fact that he, you know, puts that human face on somebody like DeMar Hamlin, who, of course, <clears throat> is a Pittsburgh kid from the area. And so uh, what I'd like to do, and I hope that uh, people in, out in Steelers Nation will join me, we're going to say a quick prayer for, Dem- for DeMar Hamlin. Lord God Almighty, we come to you and beseech you for healing and restoration for DeMar. We pray for comfort for his family and friends and his teammates. Lord, we ask that you let him to continue to be the shining light he is in his community. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Look, Amen. football is one thing, but life is life. And this young man is out there. He's just doing his job. And it's one of those situations, Wes, where it's a bang-bang thing and uh, something happens. I've been on the field in somewhat, somewhat similar circumstances. Not not life-threatening like that, but where there was temporary paralysis or what have you. Sure. And it's an extremely difficult thing, and I'm glad the NFL said, okay, we're putting the game aside. We're done with this because right now this is way bigger than the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Um, there was only one decision last night, and that was to suspend the game. And, and you know, 
whatever they decide going forward, I think will be fine with anyone, whether they play it, scrap it, whatever. Right. I think that's in the back of everyone's minds right now. It is about the health and safety of DeMar Hamlin. And it's 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 one of those moments, Wolf, that you're watching that game last night, right? And time kind of stops in a way. Right. Um, right. You know, I think we, we all had similar feelings just a few years ago at that same stadium with Ryan Shazier. Exactly. I'm, I'm thinking about that last night. As well, too, just how odd it is that it happened, you know, on the on the same field in the same stadium, different situation, obviously, but similar feeling, similar um, moment that transcends who's going to win or lose this contest. And you're just worried about the safety of one of your teammates of, you know, the NFL brotherhood. If you're if you're the Bengals on the other sideline, one of your you know, one of your uh, competitors, Um it's just uh, like I said. It is. It's. It's one of those moments that really puts things into perspective. Really stops you in your tracks, and uh, and and you realize that that this is. You know, while we get so caught up in the wins and the losses and the performances and who's doing good and who's doing bad and who do we like and who do we don't like and the rivalries and our opinions on all the players and the coaches and this that and the other. You know these these guys who are out there putting it on the line. Um, 17 times a season plus preseason plus training camp plus all that they're the ones who you know afford us this incredible uh, league that is the National Football League uh, this sport this entertainment this business and uh, man DeMar Hamlin you're just you're you're hoping for some good news uh, you know in stable condition um, is the latest and that is obviously a step in the right direction but right. I think we're all very you know, hopeful here that in the next, you know, 12 hours or so, whatever it may be, that, that we'll get uh, even some better news and that hopefully uh, it'll look like things are on, on the up and up for DeMar. No question. Well said, Wes. You know, the thing about it is, um, you know, when, the problem is, is you play a very gladiatorial sport and you're involved in uh, a sport that is uh, all about um, performance. It's not about, uh, it's not a, a place for those who, uh, or of a uh, you know uh, non physical <laughs> physical type thing right, you know right. it's it's really it's it's about guys that that are laying it on the line and it's it's a extremely difficult when you all of a sudden pull back that curtain and say by golly this is a human being this is a guy who's just out there trying to you know make a go he's he's a light in his community he's raising money for uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, toys for kids and everything and by the way that's that's a magnanimous response by the football community and, and the uh, community at large um to respond to his charity yes i believe what was it what was the last total that was up to uh i saw this morning three and a half million um which Beautiful. is which is incredible I'm, I'm reading here online you know when uh when demar started this this toy drive in his hometown of, of mckee's rocks not far from where you and i are now wolf about right. fi- about 15 minute drive away um he had the goal of raising two thousand five hundred dollars he is now uh, well over $3 million of donations in a matter of hours. Not obviously the way that we wanted that to happen, but I, I am glad that you mentioned that because that is, you know, a, a silver lining right now is that people, uh, you know, people are distraught and, yeah. and, and feeling for him and his family and they see, okay, what can I, you know, everyone's right. sitting there saying a prayer and it's, you know, it's what can I do? Um, hey, and if there's you- There's nothing you can do but pray. There's nothing you can yeah. do but pray. And if you want to- you know, exercise for, for people looking for an avenue to exercise some of that that worry as well too, and and reach out and feel like they're 
having an impact. Hey, to to raise that kind of money for his uh, for his charity for his annual uh, toy drive. Hey, that is that's certainly a I think a silver lining of all this and something that I'm I'm sure Demar and his family are are very touched by in this time. Well, you know the, the thing about it is you have a demonstration of the mortality or uh, the you know the humanness sure. of the player from last night. I mean. On game day, we used to talk about being ten foot tall and bulletproof, yep. you know. And then you come to that realization that I, sixty four years old, I'm six foot two and uh, uh, overweight. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. You sit there and go, okay, you're very mortal. You know, it's sure. it's about you know coming to grips with with you know your life and and what's going on. And I uh, I'm so glad again that they decided that it was more important to make sure that uh, this young man got all the treatment he could and to realize. There's nobody that's got his mind on on the business, the game of football. You know, to go out there when you're that distracted to be endangering all these guys because nobody, nobody. I've been out there when you know when you 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 have the board come out and uh, you you think that there's, you're dealing with some paralysis and stuff. Sure. One of the hardest things to do is to restart and get yourself in the frame of mind to go out and hit somebody when you've just seen a teammate. Or, or or a well a teammate still in the football community if he's on another team he's dealing with something that every athlete is uh you know that's something you've got to face is the sure. the, the possibility of injury everyone's worst nightmare play, yes. playing out in front of you a devastating yeah. injury like that and so you know you see that play out and all of a sudden you just realize what's really important and what's not important right and certainly getting the game just either delayed or not delayed, but I mean, you know, thrown out or or uh, played on another day is what I meant. Um, that's the thing, okay? That's fine. Get rid of it because right now everything is about Demar Hamlin. You know, everything is about knowing and making sure uh, you're doing everything to um, focus on him and what's going on. And certainly, there's just no way you could put yourself in a position to go back to a game that uh, requires intense concentration and every every sort of cellular vibe you can draw up in yourself to, to do what you need to do. Um, so yeah, no, I mucho prayers out to this young man. It's you're, you're spot on there, Wolf. I mean, listen, you, you play football long enough. You're going to see gruesome injuries, right? Mm-hmm. You might, yes. you might see a bone poking out of one of your teammates, fingers or wrists. You know, you might see an ankle or a knee that, that twists away. It's clearly not supposed to. And there's a, 15 20 minute pause on the field you know maybe while they while they get that person stretchered off and and get their their leg or their wrist or their shoulder or whatever stabilized and that's difficult to get yourself back ramped up to go out there and play after you know that 15 minute or so pause when it's something like this man where it's it's close to an hour your teammates there on the ground and he's right. get, and he's getting seeped i mean they're literally giving him life-saving measures on yes. the field yep. um you know that's that's at a whole nother level, and and you're right. You know I I know you're right because I've heard I've heard Moats talk about the same thing. Just the mindset that you have to be in to play this game at a high level, and how that's a you know Moats would talk about for him that process of getting his mind ready started when he drove across the bridge and saw the stadium. You know hmm. yeah. three three four hours before the game. Oh yeah, and then that's when I have to start getting my mind ready to go out there and you know, dish out and take the abuse that I'm about to to, to deal and receive. Um, it, it's it's like you say, it's, it's one thing when, when one of your teammates or when somebody that you're competing against has one of those devastating injuries. 
it's another one. It is a life-threatening injury. And, yeah, after, you know, 40, 50 minutes of, of seeing, like I said, literally life-saving measures being done to one of your teammates or one of your competitors, I, I, I think everybody last night, um, you know, knew that that, that moment – that they just needed to step away and uh, and allow everybody the time that they needed to process his teammates, his opponents. You know, I'm thinking too, Wolf, about a guy like Tyler Boyd, right, who right. competed against DeMar in high school, right. went to pit with him together as teammates, and is out there on the field with him when he collapsed. You know, what do you think's going through Tyler Boyd's mind? Oh, yeah. Um. So this like, th- this, like you said, it doesn't just affect the Bills. It affects everybody who's out there on that field. And and I'm with you. I mean, there there was no decision last night other than to um, you know do what they did, and that is leave leave the status of the game up in the air while we await the important status of Demar Hamlin. There's no question. And uh, man, oh man, there's nothing more important than everybody there interceding on behalf uh, of this young man with God Almighty. Mm. Mm. Man. Well, that's, that's tough. Let's, uh, if it's all right with you, can I play the? Uh, you know, you you referenced at the start of this segment uh, the 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 message that Ryan Clark gave. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. obviously a guy who had a, a very serious with his sickle cell anemia and the situation right, that played right. out with him. Playing I remember in Denver. that so very well. And he yes. was in, he was in the hospital and he lost thirty pounds. Uh, here is Ryan Clark last night. Well, if I'll play this clip real quick, if it's all right with you. Absolutely. Uh, please. This is Ryan Clark late last night on with uh, with Scott Van Pelt, you know, on like the midnight edition of Sports Center. Right. The, the first thing this is, this, um, this is about DeMar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. And um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career, and there's probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be. And now he fights for his life. And when DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, that side of football that no one ever wants to see mm-hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before. And I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it. And now this team has to deal with that and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player (laughs) or we're we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. 
That is so very well said by Ryan Clark, who I have uh, great respect for uh, as a player, as a man, as a man of God. Um, just listening to him uh, speak last night was uh, something. Um, and they, he, he speaks truth. And he speaks uh, words that are comforting. And I know it's just got to be so tough for DeMar's family, for uh, those in his community, in his life. You know, I mean, this is just, you get a special guy like that, a guy who's just, you know, shines bright, and everybody speaks so highly of him. And it's just, uh, it's devastating. But at the same time, we have great hope. We yes. have great hope now. Um, he's gotten through some of the, the harder moments. Uh, I see um, they're, re- they're saying that he's stable, still in critical condition, um, that they his vitals have returned to normal. But um, they're reporting, as far as I can see uh, taken off the internet here and so forth um the news reports that um you know they put him to sleep so they get a tube down him and and all those things that they need to do but you know the young man's got a long got a road back you know and uh we will continue to pray for this young man because uh, again you know each and every guy out there competing they're a person they're human they have uh as, as ryan said they're a son they're a husband they're a you know, um, uh, yeah, you know, father, father, friend. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just kind of struggle for words, and I, I felt so bad for the guys last night that had to try to commentate in between. Oh. You know, I mean, I thought it was just they were over agonizing the poor people on air that had to, you know, find their way through and navigate through what was going on. Stuff. Yeah, I remember when Ryan Shazier went down. I remember the hit. I saw it. I was on the sidelines. And I was right there, and I remember Mike Tomlin's face. You know, that was... Yeah, that's... I'm sure that's something that'll stick with you forever. And it's like you and I talked about. It's and it's it's just stranger than, than fiction that, you know, both of these things happen at the same stadium, at the same field. Um, maybe the one thing... Jeez, we try and get through this. Maybe the yeah. w- one thing uh, before we go to before we go to break here, Wolf. <laughs> yeah, uh, that I'll say is, you know, we've we've mentioned Demar and his family and the players and the coaching staff and, and everybody involved. How about a uh, a prayer uh, of thanks and of guidance for for all the doctors and everybody at uh, at, yeah. UC, at UC Health as well too. Um, by by all by all reports and 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 what Ryan Shazier and everybody around him himself said. Uh, they were amazing with Ryan a few years ago yes. at, at UC Health and the work that they were able to do uh, to get him to where he needed to be before they ultimately, you know, sent him back to Pittsburgh uh, to continue his his treatment and recovery. Uh, they will do the same thing with Demar, obviously. Um, so, so our our prayers and our thanks to everybody there at, at, at UC Health Center as well too, um, as they go about the, this critical time and, and these critical measures. Uh, just just thoughts and prayers with them that they're able to do their job to the best of their ability and do everything they, they can for, for DeMar and his family as well. Beautifully said, Wes. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break and continue praying for good guidance from the doctors, for wisdom for them, for healing for DeMar and for comfort for his family, friends, and teammates. You know what? We're going to be back after this. We got to, There's something going on with third down conversions with the Steelers. You know what? We'll talk about it when we come back. This and more in the locker room.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers go without a huddle. Third down and four at Baltimore's 36. Steelers on third down, six for ten. Pick it back to throw it. He throws that out, and it's pulled in by Deontay Johnson. Spins away from a man. 25-20. Knocked out of bounds at the 15-yard line of Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. little Deontay magic going on there. Third and four. Nice 21-yard conversion. Wes, I don't know what's going on with the third down conversions. Gadzooks, earlier in the year, we couldn't seem to buy third down conversions. And yet, here we go. Through the first eight games, we we're at 33.6 conversion rate. But over the last eight games, 53.5. Hmm. Great googly moogly. You know, you look at this and you think to yourself, all right, you're getting it. And, well, you are getting it. But here's the, the point in it. The Steelers converted 10 of 16 third downs in the uh, Baltimore game, right? Mm -hmm. They had 11 of the 16 were third and four or less. That's outstanding. Manageable, baby. Manageable, makeable, as Bruce Arians used to call it, makeable third downs, yep. manageable third downs, uh, third downs, whatever whatever M word you want to use <laughs> to convert that. But certainly the important thing is, because this is what I, I truly believe, the best defense is a good offense. Mm -hmm. If you can keep your offense time of possession – and you got ahead almost 35 minutes in that Ravens game. Yeah, about 10 minutes extra with the ball. Yes, exactly. That's 10 minutes less that the other side's got to do with that ball. Correct. Right. Particularly a team like Baltimore, too, Wolf. You know, it's not a, it's not the Bengals or the Chiefs where they want to go two plays and 80 yards, right, and hit a big bomb down the field. Good point. Baltimore, they, they need time with their drives, and they want to get the ball, and they want to be able to run it and take their time and play with a, a lead and all those things. Uh, yeah, when you're keeping an offense like that, that, you know, possessions are already at a premium for on the sideline, that's even better. You know, I'm looking at this, that, and I went through and charted every every third down. You had third and one, third and two, third and one, third and two, third and three. Uh, then he, there was one that was third and five. They had a, a couple big ones, third and 14 and a third and eight. But everything else, uh, oh, and a third and 18. But everything else is mostly third and three, third and five, third and three. Third and four, third and four, third and four. I mean, it is just repetitious, but so many. There's one, two, three, four, at least four third and ones. I mean, that's exactly what you want to do is be able to make these things a, a good conversion, you know, one that you, you have a high percentage of conversions and be able to keep rolling those chains, as Mike Tomlin always talked about. And that's the important thing, especially when you face a Lamar Jackson or a Tom Brady or something. You keep them quarterbacks dead gummit. Keep their butts over on the bench. Mm -hmm. You know, and now the the next step is going to be in converting. <laughs> you know, because conversion converting third downs is not the same as converting them into touchdowns. And that's where the Steelers got to work on finishing drives. Obviously, we all know that. I think they're averaging around 17 points a game. Yep. You'd like to see that stepped up some. But certainly, this is a, a good, solid basis by which you have a foundation of being able to get some drives going and now learning to get them into the end zone, stick them in the end zone. Correct, and that's the, you know, that's the final step of this progression for, for this Steelers offense. But, Wolf, you're right. There's, been, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of check marks. There's a lot of boxes checked. There's a lot of milestones, if you will, I think, in this progression for the Steelers offense. 
the final, you know, the final crown jewel is to start scoring, you know, over 20 points a game, 21 points a game regularly, you know, get, get closer to 21, 24, 27, 28. Um, but they have done much better with their third down efficiency as, as you just laid out there um, for them to be, you know, over 50% and since the bye week is impressive. I mean, if you're hitting in the high forties, you know, if you're at 46, 47, 48% yeah. third down conversion rate, that's good in the NFL. You're towards the top. Even my math, my poor math, right, <laughs> allows me to figure that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So if you're hitting over 50%, I mean, you're 10 out of 16 on third down efficiency on Sunday night. That is exactly where you want to be. You want another uh, encouraging progression for this offense, uh, Craig Wolfley? Yes, I would love one there. Dear so, Wes, uh, so, <laughs> as Myron would say. Right now. Dear Wes. Dear Wes. So, double yoy. If you, uh, if you, Wolf, look at red zone efficiency, that's another thing we've talked a lot about as it relates for this offense, right? Red yes. zone, red zone efficiency. There are two teams in the National Football League that score touchdowns seventy percent or more of the time when they enter the red zone. Just two. That's the NFC uh, East foes, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Both pretty good teams this year, right, Wolf? The the, uh, the Eagles are twelve and three. The Cowboys are eleven and four. Two 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 good football teams. They're the only two in the NFL that through this entirety of the season score touchdowns more than seventy percent of the time in the red zone. Okay. Wow. Yep. Over the last three weeks, Wolf, the Steelers' offense is scoring touchdowns seventy-two percent of the time in the red zone. I like those numbers over the last three weeks. So that's, you know, that's a, that's not just one week. That's not just two weeks over their last three games. The Steelers offense is at that over 70% elite area, you know, we're not where again, only two teams are there for the entirety of the season of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. That to me, uh, I saw that yesterday and that kind of jumped off the page at me because you know, that's one of those other things we've talked so much about this off. When you get to the red zone, you got to score more. You got to score more. You're settling for threes instead of scoring sixes and sevens too often, right? Well, over the last three weeks, 72% of the time, this Steelers offense has been in the red zone. They finished in the back of the end zone. That is in the upper echelon of numbers where you want to be in the National Football League. And that, I think, is a, a another, again, not finished product, not anything like that, but another progression, another stepping stone in the growth of this offense and, you know, in the in the growth of young Kenny Pickett as well, too. Exactly, exactly so. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at this and going, all right, so – You've got the the conversions going. How many how many double digit drives did we have the other night? We had one, two, three, four, five. Five out of the nine were double digit drives. Hmm. You know, it's, well, even if you take away the one with the interception, that was a kneel down. So five of right, eight. Right, right. Five of eight. We're we're we're, we're double digits. I mean. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Can we can can anybody sit here and go, hey, Actually, Matt Canada, you know way to go? Well, can you know we what? throw some flowers at Matt Canada? Real here? quick before we do, Wolf, I'm looking at this as well. One of those drives was the end of the half oh, in the first right. half as well, too. Right, so it's five of seven. So it's really five of seven. Yeah, man, my math skills are just hot this morning, man. It's that Syracuse education. <laughs> Would have been great, like Touch always used to say. That's what you missed my, by not attending class. <laughs> Touch, because you know your worst class was geography. You couldn't find your class. <laughs> you and I, Wolf, you and I both had that in common. Next okay. time, next time you see my father, ask him about it. Uh, he'll oh, let you know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He might might have been ready to pull me out after my <laughs> my grades freshman year. I gotcha. So we got right now. We're converting 
uh, the 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 Ravens game, they converted 62% of their third downs. And now uh, 70% in the red zone converting to touchdowns or scoring, hmm. right? Is it scoring or touchdowns? It's touchdowns. Okay, So, touchdowns. yeah, not just that's, – that's right. touchdown percentage in the red zone. All right, so – with all that, I think it's time to say, hey, Matt Cannon's doing a pretty dadgum good job. You've got a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback, that who's made 11 starts, and he's already got three fourth-quarter comebacks. You know, uh, that's not bad. That's, yeah. that's doing something right. Doing something right. And I think that's, that's fine. A lot of times, Wolf, I think people think when you when you bring up these positives that – you know, again, that maybe you're talking about the Steelers' offense like they're suddenly, you know, the Bills or the Chiefs or something like that. That's not what you and I are saying. No. But what we had been telling people all season long, and particularly at 2-6 and six, when everyone was mashing the let's fire everybody and tank the season right, button, right. is you got to give – you just had to give some time and give some patience. And we know as NFL fans that's the worst thing to hear because you only get to watch your team play 17 times a season, right? And that's it, and you want your wins, and you want them now, and you want the instant gratification. And we've been pretty fortunate, pretty spoiled here in Pittsburgh over the years that we haven't had to be patient very often as of late. We have been in win-now mode, in contention mode, for the better part of two decades, thanks to, you know, in large part, having that Hall of Fame franchise quarterback that we're all optimistic that we can have here once again with Kenny Pickett but you needed to give him time. You needed to give the young offense time around him. You needed to give uh, Matt Canada and all the coaches, Mike Sullivan, time as they're working with multiple quarterbacks, both new to the roster. One, yes, a veteran, but still new to the roster. The other, a rookie getting his first taste of, of NFL action and week in and week out and preparation and all those different things. I, I didn't say you had – I'm not saying you had to enjoy it, right, Wolf? Right. But it was – if you were being realistic, I think it was to be expected in a sense. When you lose a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, you're going to take a little bit of a step back. <laughs> it's just natural. Can we say that again? When you lose a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> you're going you. to take a little bit of a step back. Look at the flux that the Colts have been in since they lost their Hall of Fame quarterback. The Saints, I know it's a smaller sample size, and the Patriots, since they lost their Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You know, there are the rare exceptions of going to Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, but that very rarely happens, all right? Most of the time, you got to have a little bit of patience, and if you were somebody who was patient and willing, I think you're, you're getting the payback here is, is now, you know, again, not where we want to be, but you're playing a meaningful game week 18 of the season. I think all of us would have signed up for that at, at two and six. Two, that, you know, thank you for bringing us back to a reference point. You know, reference points are so big, you know, because once you do it, you sit there and go, well, I've seen this before. I've done this before. I've been here before. And you have that reference point by which you can launch forward and move forward. You look at the, the, the rushing uh, offense here. Now you got this, Superb performance against a good, very good, tough Ravens defense mm -hmm. that was third in the NFL before the game started. And you you pulled off, for the first time, the biggest rushing total since, what, 1997, right? I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, you got almost 200 yards when everybody says, oh, you can't even make 100 yards. And yet, um, you know, these guys are moving in the right direction, and that's the point. At 2-6, and six, like you said, when everybody was calling for you know, let's tank it, which 
that never happens here. You're never going to do that here. That's just not part of the culture. Right. But the fact of the matter is you say, well, let's slug it out. Let's, let's stay after it. Let's get, let's get you know, we're back to the W's, putting those W's, stacking those W's. And I love that because that's the fighting spirit that this city embraces, that this community embraces, that this, this football um, – team uh, the pittsburgh steelers uh, has lived up to their yeah. entire lives even even when it, they were no good hey they still played to win they played hard you know it's like they say it was always a pyrrhic victory you know you lose the battle uh, you lose you, you win the battle but lose the war right you know because right. they're physically going after people and banging but they're <laughs> you're losing people along the way i remember andy russell telling me about ernie stautner and how he broke uh bones in his hand and it was coming through his skin and he just duct taped it up <laughs> and played the rest of the game my gosh Jeez. that's like unbelievable duct, duct tape too <laughs> yeah, duct tape of all things man are you kidding me <laughs> not even can medical, you imagine not pulling even that med- off oh, at the end of the game i was game? just gonna ah. say oh, goodness gracious man oh my all I, hope right. at least, I hope you put at least a little uh cloth or something underneath that duct tape that'll, that'll rip the hairs right off your wrist there i tell you Oh, man. But it does speak to this offense is going in the right direction. They're experiencing more success on first and second downs. That gets them to those makeable third and fours and less uh, situations. That's what you're looking for. That's It's a constant upgrading of the offense and the defense is coming along too yep. and doing the things that they need to do to be that dominant defense that Mike Tomlin talked about at the beginning of the year that was set back when you lose a defensive player of the year. Hello, you know, I mean, right. when you lose that sort of magnitude of a, a performer and we all know and have heard stats of, of what happens when T.J. Watt's in the lineup and when T.J. Watt isn't in the lineup. One, 12, and one without him in the last three seasons. Perfect, perfect. Right, Wolf. That's, I'm not a math guy. I'm not a there, math baby. guy either. But I can. Uh, uh, hold on. Let me crunch the numbers here. I think that's not great. <laughs> let me carry the one on let that. Divine. <laughs> yeah, that would be about uh, dead last in the NFL if you played that out over a 17 game season. Exactly. You might, get so. that, you might get that high pick that some of the uh, some of the tankers wanted out there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's go to break here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, is it Kenny Cool? Is it Kenny Magic? Or is it the Sundance Kid just doing what the Sundance Kid does? He's better when he moves. All this and more, SNR. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pick it in the gun. Empties the set. Third eight at the 10. Gets the snap. He looks. Chased out of the pocket. Steps out of a tackle. Throws it for the goal line. Touchdown, Najee Harris. Najee from 10 yards out, and Pickett did a Houdini to make that play possible. And the Steelers jump ahead of Baltimore. So I've heard Kenny Cool. I've heard Houdini, so we got Kenny Magic. Or is it the Sundance Kid and Kenny Move? Can I move? Move? What the hell you mean move? 
better when I move. <laughs> I think it's a Sundance kid there, buddy. What do you think, Wes? I'm with you, Wolf. I mean, I'm I'm all about unique nicknames, right? I I don't like the low-hanging fruit, you know? I don't know. I made my whole career on that in broadcast. <laughs> well, see, I don't think so. Like, I think Kenny Cool or Kenny Magic. I mean, those are... You know, those are standard nicknames. You're putting right. your creativity here. Kenny's better when he moves. What's that remind me of? Oh, Sundance Kid. Boom. There you go. You know, it's like, <laughs> Wolf, can I can I be honest with you now that he is formerly of this parish and now with the Chicago Bills, our, yes. our, uh, our departed brethren, Chase Claypool? Uh, sh- Chicago Bills or Bears? Sorry. <laughs> You can tell we've been all over the place this, well, this morning. Is, this Let's rewind is, that one. The Chicago Bears. This is what happens when you hang out with me too long. Well, you I know, also, to be fair, they had to stay in Chicago for Christmas after they beat the there Bears. There you go. You're right. You know, because the flight situation with the weather in Buffalo. So maybe they were the, the Buffalo Bears there, the Chicago <laughs> Bills, for, for about 24 hours or so. Um, but Chase Claypool, all right, I can say this now that he's gone. And this wasn't his fault. It was everybody around him. But I didn't like Mapletron. All right. Okay. Because it's just too easy. It's too lazy. You, you're you're biting off Megatron. All right. Which Calvin Johnson was such a unique, such a great player, such a cool nickname. Right. Right. Can we just leave that alone? We don't have to repurpose his nickname. And oh, let's go with Maple because he's Canadian. There was just no creativity there. I <laughs> I love Sundance Kid as a nickname for Kenny Pickett because it requires a little thought into the nickname. And to me, those are always the best ones. Well, it's funny because I had a stat here too, and they, they uh, you know, they registered his, well, he was thrown while he was running. He had some great stats, you know, and I can't find the, the stupid stat, of course, because it would it would be far too easy for me to quote a stat. <laughs> to back <laughs> you, up left my it, you left it at some classroom in Syracuse yeah. many moons ago. <laughs> Exactly. I'm so bad at this. But, you know, here's the thing about it. You just watch him, you know, and whether he slides uh, east-west or north, he's south, he climbing in the pocket there and, and moving. I love the fact that, by golly, we're seeing a little bit of like, I don't know, maybe call it a Mahomesian effect, right? Yeah, yeah. You got a little bit of that Mahomes thing. You draw the defense to you, which and, and opens up some sort of window, whether it's in zone or whether it's man coverage and you know, you, you create that conflict where do I go after the quarterback or do I stay with my coverage? And that creates that conflict that enables players to get open. And by golly, it's it's starting to – there's things that are happening where you see a great positivity from his ability to deliver under the gun. Yes. And to me, Wolf, that is one of those things. You know, there's a lot when it comes to, uh, I think, particularly quarterbacks, which is, you know, such a specialized position in the National Football League. I think there's a lot that you can teach, and there's some that just has to come naturally, right? Yeah. Like, yep. like part of your athleticism just has to come naturally. You can work on footwork and things like that, absolutely, but you, you know, you're either the Sundance kid or you're not. You can either move or you can't in a lot of instances. You know, they could work on Tom Brady and Matt Ryan's footwork as much as they want. <laughs> those guys were never going to be as mobile as Josh Allen, right? It's just athleticism is one of those things. I think your poise – in those moments is one of those things too. Yeah, you can grow and you can get better the more you experience it, but you can also be like a guy that Ben Roethlisberger was, be like the guy that Kenny Pickett has been here down the stretch for the Steelers that, you know what, things aren't going our way. It's time to make a play. 
we we need just one more opportunity. Just give me one more opportunity, and 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 we'll find a way to get this thing done. To be comfortable, not only comfortable, but confident in right. those moments as well, too. I think that's one of those things that quarterbacks just, they want that big moment where it's all on the line, or they kind of can shrink in those moments. And Kenny Pickett clearly is is the former, not the latter here. And I think you can date that back to his, his collegiate time as well to find examples of that, too. Um, and that is, like I said, uh, you love to see that, particularly so early in his career, because that's, one, something to build on. And two as well, that just feels like that's something that's ingrained in you as a competitor. You either want those pressure-packed moments and you want to be the guy with the ball in your hands or you're kind of more so the guy in the background who doesn't want to be at the forefront of everything. You better be the former if you're going to be a quarterback in the National Football League. That's a great point and absolutely well said. You know, you think about it. Um, I go all the way back to preseason. Remember when the crowd was chanting, Kenny? Oh, yeah. You know, Kenny. Kenny. Both I mean, preseason games. Yes. And it was like, you know, Eddie and the Cruisers. You know, they're going, <laughs> Eddie, you know. And, all. and it, it, he responded, though. I mean, you saw it early on. We saw evidence of his ability to manifest all that energy coming from the crowd and do something with it. You know, lead the Steelers in a, in a positive way at that point in time. Yep. And we've seen this again the last two weeks. He's the first rookie quarterback to throw the game-winning touchdown pass in the last minute of the game in back-to-back games in NFL history. I mean, if that doesn't say something about your ability to be spectacular in the big moments, I don't know what else does. And the fact of the matter is, with him being able to get this offense going to the point where now, as we as we just talked about earlier in the segments, with the conversion rate on third downs, with the upping of the uh, red zone opportunities for touchdowns, um, it's coming on. It's all moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so the, the ability to keep this momentum going and start to see the results of that with more finished drives in the end zone is going to be so very important, but it's something that this guy embraces. When Mike talks about the fact that he, you know, he smiles in the face of all this stuff, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you look at him, and he seems to be enjoying himself. You know, he's and having a great time succeeding. That's the sicko mentality that you need to play quarterback in this league. <laughs> oh, I know. I wouldn't want that. I don't, I don't want that. You, I, I, like it, it is. It's weird. It's a, it's a different mindset, though. Like, you have to be – we all know, Wolf. Everybody – you go to dances growing up. Yep. Homecoming, prom, whatever, dance, maybe out of the – I was over at the wall. Out of you the, know, I was just hanging at the wall. But that's that's why you're an offensive lineman, right? Because you, right. you, you want to hang out over in the you're, corner. You're and, not in the spotlight because when you the, get in the exactly. spotlight, you don't look very good. I bet you. <laughs> I bet you. I bet you. If we could go back in time and we could watch Kenny Pickett at homecoming or prom. Oh, yeah, or yeah. Maybe even at some of those establishments down in Oakland, you know, on a, on a Friday or Saturday night during the offseason. I bet you Kenny was one of those guys. He's right in the middle of the dance floor. He's doing all the latest dances. He's everybody check this out. I got the moves pointing to the different ladies. Come come check out my Mercedes. Uh, you got to have that. There's There's got to be some of that. Like, not that you, you oh, I, I want all the attention to be about me all the time, but you've got to enjoy the spotlight in a way, too. You know, you've, you've got to enjoy those moments where all eyes are on you and – Again, you know, you go back to examples from his his collegiate days. You you can pick some examples here. You know, in his first handful of NFL starts, that's a good spot to be this early. And and like I said, I I'm I'm convinced. I think that's one of those. It's just a personality thing. You just have it or you don't. And the best quarterbacks in the NFL always have it. Think about this. 
on his three fourth quarter drives that he's led, all right, uh, game-winning drives against the Colts, Raiders, and Ravens. Uh, excuse me, Pickett is a combined 17-21 of 21 for 174 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. His mm-hmm. passer rating is 132.9. Uh, that's pretty pretty dead gum good there. That's rising I, to the occasion. Yes, that is. Yes, that is. You know, I mean, prior to uh, those those drives, Pickett was a combined 44 of 73 for 412. No touchdowns, one interception in those games. His combined passer rating was a very uh, pedestrian 70.1. <laughs> all right, now, you put him under the, under the pressure, and all of a sudden, this kid is looking like a diamond. You know, and look. I know right now, he's no Ben Roethlisberger right now. Absolutely not. But you give him time. And, you know, that's the whole thing about it. You look at what Ben did, the body of work, the great Hall of Fame quarterback, and he did for almost two decades. And and for anybody to compare Kenny to Ben is just totally unfair. Um, That's just wrong. Now, what you can compare is his reactions in some of the big moments, just like Ben. I will never forget Ben in, in the AFC divisional round, I believe, was against the Colts years and years ago when he was, what, his, his rookie year or second year? I can't remember which it was. Dead gummit now? Second year. Okay, second year. Yeah, when he was telling jokes with the, the, the chain gang guys right before he went out. Yeah, that's right. As the crowd is just, it's thunderous. It's it's like totally overwhelming well, the yeah, noise. they're amplifying yes. the noise there yeah. in that old oh, RCA they were, oh, dump. That was, that was just dirty pool there. But <laughs> he's telling jokes moments before he goes out on the field. That's and I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him and going, "Get Zooks, Ben! Don't you understand the magnitude, the pressure that you're under here, son? Well, if you get gotta, it together, you got to own the moment. You can't let the moment own you." <laughs> he did. Oh, was he big in that moment? I right. Love it. I he love goes it. out and he starts winging the ball all over the place. Yeah, and that's. He was great in that. People forget because Ben exactly. Ben didn't have the best Super Bowl performance against Seattle. And people forget how good he was against Cincinnati and Indy and Denver in the lead up to the oh, Super Bowl. Yes. Like he didn't play a great Super Bowl game, but they don't get there without his performance in the three games in the playoffs leading up to to the to that <laughs> to that game against the Seahawks. Especially making the tackle. <laughs> Especially. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it, it, here's the thing about it. You see you see little snapshots of of what Ben was uh, in, in, in ben and Kenny is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Little snapshots where he performs under pressure at times. And I, again, they, there's no need to, you don't have to live up to anything other than be the very best of yourself, the very best version that you can be. But I think Kenny is going to be a very just, excellent version of himself. Just none of you out there start calling him Big Ken, all right? Oh. Yeah, no, that's not creative nicknames only. That's not going to fly. That's for sure. (laughs) All right. Hey, let's take a break because we got Alvaro Martin coming up from our Spanish broadcast team. He's going to drop in with his delivery, which only he can do. And in the way he does it, we'll be back with more SNR. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.